Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday's sermon was given by Dr. K.K. Yao, Kendall Professor of New Testament at Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture reading today is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 16 through 21, which you will find in the Old Testament section of your pew Bible on page 688 or on the screen. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also obey your will through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Isaiah verse 43, chapter 43, verse 16. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I will give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, and to, to give drink to my chosen people, the people who, whom I formed for myself, so that they might declare my praise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. O Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Touch our lips, anoint our hearts, teach us and turn us into your vessels of honor. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This is a transition period for our church, uh, and we'll be inviting a lot of uh, guest preachers. I'm a member of this church. And you could have uh, invited uh, AI, Chad GPT, to preach. <laughs> I'm not AI. I'm human beings. And human intelligence, of course, is... Uh, so wonderful, right? It's because it's creation of God, it's charismatic gift of God to each one of us. In the language of Isaiah 64, that we are broken vessels, but having that passion, that desire to be a clay in the porter's hands, remade into a vessel that contains the divine treasure, the gospel according to Paul. Do you know the most referred to and cited Old Testament book in the New Testament? Any guess? It's not Psalms. Close. It's Isaiah. It's Isaiah. The harder question is why? Why is it the bestseller? Why is it so popular? Even before Handel's Messiah fall in love with it. Well, there are two reasons. One, of course, is Isaiah, like Paul. Paul is actually a student of Isaiah, so is Luke in Luke Acts. 
right? Because in Isaiah, that the breadth and depth of broken human nature that he wrestled with passionately and in light of God's judgment and salvation. What's the meaning of that name, Isaiah? Salvation of God. Only God would he find that salvation. Secondly, I think that the Apostle Paul's writings imitating the book of Isaiah, Romans. Without understanding Isaiah, you can't understand Romans, friends. You can't just start with Reformation kind of interpretations. It's because both books present us a robust kind of theology that's able to explain the broken world, the evil in our world today, and yet not become beasts ourselves. This is from Nietzsche, that if we stray too long at a beast, we'll become one. So on the counterpart, having that robust theology and yet finally lifting up God's loving kindness as the salvation of you and me, of the whole cosmos. So these are books that will keep lifting our spirit, healing our spirit, and helping us. And God is doing new things since day one of God's creation. In our church in 2017, you can check that with Celia uh, Vasca or even Carol uh, Weinberg, uh, on the First Friends. You know what happened to the First Friends? That our church then got uh, into the missions of receiving, befriending Syrian refugees. That's the new thing that God is doing in 2017. But that's six years when, uh, in 2011, in the Syria, uh, the social unrest and the civil war started. And for five years, I mean, the world has seen enough those war-torn images and 5.5 million refugees dispersing throughout the world. We just got used to it. We just got tired until two images went viral in the social media. One, of course, is 2 or 15, the body of a two and a half years old uh, boy was washed ashore in a beach in Turkey. That shocks the whole world. And then an Indian artist creatively uh, tried to use uh, the sand sculpture uh, and re-portray what is going on and then writes on those words, humanity wash ashore. Shame, shame, shame. I love the kind of ministries that we are engaged in, uh, first friends, and even that wording is beautifully uh, chosen. Yeah, I mean, it's self-referencing of who we are as first church, wanting to befriend other people, but we probably don't know that for the recipients of that service, that and God's love, nobody wants to be treated as second or even last. So first, signify to them something special. And nobody wants to remember as refugees. Friends is the kind of sheer humanity that we have. I remember my parents, I mean, my dad especially, 
uh, fleeing uh, the uh, uh, China, the war in China uh, in 1920s, 30s. And it's only when we were adults, over 20s, that he would begin to tell us what is going on. Uh, that he, he and his dad, my uh, grandparent, then would fled uh, China. The prophet Isaiah confronts geopolitical realities which keep crushing the people and robbing their humanity. Prophets are seers, right? Seers. Are they able to seize, again, that charismatic gifts of seeing, not with the naked eyes? And in the context of plight, uh, prophets are called seers because they are able to enable people to judge institutions and powers with God's perspective. And envisioning hope and salvation for the people. They are also, in a modern sense, whistleblowers who speak of God's compassionate justice in their society. So despite human despairs and lostness, Isaiah sees the divine possibilities. Chariots and horses cannot rise Yet I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers flowing in the de desert. So friends, next time in your own personal life, when the liar hissing in your ears and whispering in your ears that your problems are bigger than God or you are not worthy of God's love, or the one who is in this world is larger than the one who is in you. You have to quote Isaiah, friends. You have to quote Isaiah. While beasts will honor God, God can retune the howling cries of jackals. These are wild canvases. Retune that cries into songs of praise. And what about the ostrich? The ostriches are frightening, are frightening, and sometimes careless um, animals uh, in plight, they would just leave behind their babies. But God can change the apathetic and frightening ostriches into courageous and caring creatures, not to mention peoples, the peoples of God that God will form them for himself and declare his praise. Isaiah was called into ministry in 740 BC, a year of political upheaval. And when the good king, Judah, King Uzziah died, and there the world of Israel and Judah was crumbling and perishing. When Isaiah sees Yet Isaiah sees the throne still secure, high and lofty. The God and the Lord of hosts sits on it, and the whole earth is full of God's glory. So God is the eternal king of the universe. He is the only king and judge of all creations. Today, when we think of chariots or perhaps uh, hypersonic missiles. No, they do not have that infinite power of God's spirit. 
that Isaiah the prophet trusted. Because God's spirits can reach the depth of human hearts, and God's spirits can bend the human will into joyful obedience. Our world and the world of Isaiah are much alike, one where chaos, violence, and evil seems to have the upper hand. Yet Isaiah sees change and uncertainty as hope for the future. In the words of Siskind, a Northwestern philosopher, philosopher, a professor in philosophy, says that the way things are now, that's how the prophet would see, is not the way they have to be. No, the way it will be in the future. So that's how they see things in light of God's judgment and power in ultimately salvation. Today, of course, besides being a Trinity Sunday, it's also the June 4th, 1989, Tiananmen 34th anniversary. A reminder that perhaps I need to use the Trinity lens to remember the Beijing massacre. I pray that the wolf warrior foreign policy and persecuted church in a rising empire is not the way it has to be, nor the way it will be in the near future. When governments manipulate, erase, and reinscribe the memory and identity for its own people, that my Chinese colleagues and I have no choice but to rely on that power of faith in the King of Universe. We have not forgotten the year 1655, when that square was first named as Tiananmen, the square of the heavenly peace. But that, of course, is the time when they use the poetry to talk about that this regime has the right, has the mandate from heaven to rule and bring about order. So it's pretty much for the purpose of consolidating imperial power. We have not forgotten also for the next 500 years in the Ming and Qing dynasty, that square was a site of public trials where any dissidents, whistleblowers, any protesters would be judged there in gruesome, gruesome trials uh, are done uh, to the victims. Uh, in Chinese, we call it ling uh, shi, delaying death. And sometimes it's paraphrased even in the way how uh, this uh, torture is being done. A thousand cuts, a thousand slices on the body. That's human history, part of that human history. So is our faith, is our theology robust enough to accountable and to check the evil? Fast backward to another national crisis in the year 734 BC, the Syria-Israel war. The whole nations, of course, is split into two already, divided into two in 922. The 734, a weak leader of Judah, Judah, uh, King Ahaz, panic, and then make a kind of last minute, a quick uh, agreement with Assyrian Empire. 
thinking that with a powerful on the southern kingdom side, Judah, uh, they could, uh, they would be safe. Prophet Isaiah was counseling King Ahaz, don't do it, don't do it. You have to stand firm. You have to be firm in your faith. You have to stand firm and calm. If you do not establish your faith in the Lord, you shall not be established. So King Ahaz rejected uh, Isaiah's counsel, and the result? In a single day, 200,000 Judean soldiers were slaughtered, and then 120,000 women and children were all forced exile to Syria. Now, most of us probably have forgotten the first context of uh, the promise of uh, the child, uh, Emmanuel, right? I mean, we have forgotten that it was at this time, the first context where uh, Isaiah promised King Ahaz, don't panic because God is going to give you the sign. And a virgin will give birth to this child. His name is called Emmanuel. You know, in the crisis, keep your faith. Most of us have forgotten about that. So next time when we celebrate Christmas and reading Matthew chapter 2 about Jesus being called uh, Emmanuel, uh, that's the second context whereby God continued to promise God's presence among us in crisis. Don't forget also about the massacre of children in Bethlehem and neighboring villages in the second context together with the first context of how many women and children are forced into uh, slavery. Displacement history has never been fun. Uh, they are dehumanizing um, and they bring about shame uh, for those who went through it. Uh, Isaiah has seen uh, that the old things of warfare and guns will not work for God's good creation. We could do better the famous sentence in Isaiah. We could do better to beat the swords into plowshares and for us in the U.S. to turn our guns into children's playground sets. The second is my interpretation. My colleague at Yale University, uh, Miroslav Vov, uh, tweeted us uh, a rated R parental discretion advice image. I'm not showing us. I mean, this is a family worship uh, setting. The image is about a crucifying and hatred culture in U.S. that needs salvation. He lamented that what a hypocritical uh, nations we are who keep praying for our children and yet do not have a national will and vision to address gun violence. It comes closer. It's not just Chicago Street anymore. It happens at Northwestern campus and the, Chicago, uh, the Evanston Beach, uh, even. We are stuck with the former things and old ways of doing things as a nation, and we politicize and weaponize the national discourse on God and guns. It is a courageous move for Isaiah and other prophets to preach a new thing. Let us beat our swords into plowshares and the image I mean, it's about it during the Cold Wars. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> you can project that image, right? Uh, that a Soviet uh, Union uh, um, 
uh, artist uh, made a bronze uh, sculpture uh, and then presented it to uh, the UN uh, in uh, New York. Is that not part of the new thing God is doing in a Cold War era to turn destruction into productive tools? Our church has always had the courage and the faith uh, to be open to God's way of doing new things among our midst. The Super Saturday, the prison ministry, the rebuilding together coming up, the bright stars of Bethlehem, uh, you know, the African uh, Woman Conference, on and on. But we are also a university church. So when Richard Bell and I see what Terry Holiday is doing, working with over 150 <laughs> uh, scholars, uh, researchers and professors all around uh, the world, trying to make a difference in their university teaching and research, infused by their active faith. That is the new thing that Richard and I think God is doing among universities today. And we are more than willing to be prayer partners and cheerleaders uh, for Terry. If you're interested, you can browse the web link graduatefacultyinitiative.net, one word, graduatefacultyinitiative.net. I always wonder, uh, you know, when I walk into this sanctuary, what do we check at those doors before we come in? Perhaps hurt, perhaps uh, guilt, perhaps shame, and the subsequent questions if we don't bring whatever we check outside that door into this sanctuary, what can and what cannot be put in the offering plates? Is it our vocational titles, our job titles? Is it our academic degrees? Is it the gifts and graces that God and talents that God has given us and we are not able then to bring it to the altar or put it in the offering plates. I would encourage us to bring all that we are and whatever we are given by God, bring that forward to the altar and the table of the Lord. For communion is simply more than a ritual, definitely. You know, he took, he blessed, he broke, he gave. That's the rule of life about the whole creations and about your life and mine. And as we bring whatever we have, we are given. And whoever we are, just as we are, to that table, God can work miracles and new things in our lives. God uses both the weak and the powerful. God can use the widow's might, but also the wealth of Solomon or of Phoebe, the benefactor, God can use obedient nations and unrighteous Babylonians' empire. God's spirit anoints kings, but also outcasts, such as the Hindu Dalits, the untouchables. If our faith in God is lukewarm and our view of God is small, we need to read Isaiah. He's such an ecological kind of prophet. Uh, offering a visions of wholeness in a cosmic scale even, teaching us to have a big view of life and a long view of history. 
that this king and judge of the universe is not just living in a particular kind of moment. The sea and the mighty waters metaphors in Isaiah 43 echoes Genesis 1 and Exodus about the renewing motives of primordial chaos, God's creations, and that restfulness in our particular lives and also lives of the nation in the whole universe. And the beautiful thing is that God, uh, Isaiah always links the glory of God uh, with that regard, right? Uh, with the quartet of the vulnerable, the widows, the orphans, the refugees, and the poor. God's heart has a, has a soft spot for these people because these people often fall prey to the eagles and lions of the world. That's why our Lord Jesus, 300 years later on, would still want to count on Isaiah's words and read Isaiah 61 and begin his anointed, messianic, anointed uh, kind of ministry. And again there, the four quartet, the quartet again uh, would appear, the poor, the captives, the blind, the oppressed. I just love the word quartet because I mean, it shows you I mean, who are singing praises right? <laughs> uh, to God. I mean, these are the people who have gone through that salvation experience, that salvation uh, history. So when Jesus is referring to that uh, year acceptable to the Lord, he's talking about, of course, I mean, to the Jubilee. And that, again, is uh, ecological kind of whole creation, uh, a cosmic reset, I call it, that in terms of agriculture, uh, in terms of family life, social life, and the whole cosmos, everything would be reset. And then everything would go back to the owner, i.e. God. The situation in the world is dire. What is the good news today? Without hope, what makes life worth living? Isaiah 40, probably some of you are familiar, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, right? They were soars like wings of the eagles, those metaphor again of the uh, cosmos. And hope, like new life, always begins in that dark, un unripe, or even unsettling moments, whether it is a seed in the ground, or baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb. Living in God's hope or God's future is being faithful to God's mission of upending social political order and redeeming personal challenges in life. It is a simple and active trust in God and a reception of God's invitations that we come regularly to the table of the Lord. The movable messianic banquet, that communal love feasts, and they are being expressed variously so that we can have an expansive view of the communion. It happens in the feeding of the 5,000, the 4,000, the Emir's road, uh, the, the institution of the supper about the four verbs. He took, he blessed, he broke, he gave. This is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. God's body and blood constitute who we are as human beings. 
And AI, of course, cannot create <laughs> that human <laughs> intelligence. The very common elements, such as, such as the anointing oil from the olives, right? The bread from the wheat, the wine from the grapes, all these are common elements. And they begin to form us, shape us, and not only reconcile us to God, but forming us to have that intimate communion with Christ, the anointed one, and one another. So let me close with this uh, uh, image uh, here. In March of last year, uh, the middle person there, uh, New Testament colleague, uh, Theodore uh, Rechenet, uh, teaching church leadership and uh, his favorite New Testament book, uh, The Gospel of Matthew, and uh, teaching at a Ukrainian evangelical seminary in Kyiv. So after a few weeks into that uh, Russian invasions of uh, Ukraine and orthodoxy, there's a new book coming out <laughs> talking about that. But he and uh, his students have decided not to evacuate uh, the seminary in Kyiv. Instead, they bring the bread and the wine. They do use wine there uh, to the community. And they're taking care, of course, a lot of the refugees. And at that moment, I said, this is the new thing God is doing in our world today. You know, Pastor Minda, I mean, uh, when I grow up, I mean, I really like to be <laughs> uh, like my friend there. I mean, be able to bring communion I mean, outside this church. I mean, uh, such a marvelous way of doing things. So he was often asked, I mean, why, why didn't he want to uh, evacuate? I mean, he has, uh, you know, good offers. I mean, uh, teaching in the U.S. or in Europe, I mean. And he said, I have to remind myself on a daily basis that we are human. And it is so crucial in this context when we live in hell every day not to lose our humanity. And all the more now to preserve it, to show it, and to share it with the dying, broken, and suffering world. Well, what else, what else do I have to say? I mean, it's hallelujah, amen. I mean, those words. I mean, let us pray. O Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us here. Fill us and feed us to be human and to be fully human again. Here I am, Lord. I will go and hold your people in my heart. And here we are. Send us just as we are to feed the hungry world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.